Welcome to the Women's Math edition of the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Okay, so let's let's lighten things up, guys. I thought we'd end off with a game of Never Have I Ever, minus the shots. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about your first kiss, or I mean, we can go there, but that's a whole other podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a statement, and if you're guilty of the statement, you're going to say, yes, I've done that. So the first one is... I have blown an insane amount of money on something stupid. Who is guilty of that? Who is not guilty of that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you get, Tando? What was the stupid thing? Well, for me in, in university, I think this also goes back to my whole like money story because, you know, like growing up, I saw my grandpa work so hard to earn money. So even in university, I tried to have like side jobs and things like that. And all the money that I made was literally spent on speakers. And now I don't even care about speakers anymore. And I'm like, with what I know now, I'm just like, I should have actually been investing that money. I'll be a millionaire or something <laughs> right now. But I guess we, we live and we learn. <laughs> Pinky, you laughed. Uh, do you have a story for us? Yes. Uh, a few years ago, uh, at that time, I got a really good promotion and my salary was looking up and I spent an insane amount of money on a designer handbag. <laughs> what, what designer label was it? <laughs> Uh, I think it was Oof. a beauty bag, was it? I can't, I think it was, I think it was. And uh, uh, obviously, I loved it. I used it until, like, I used it for a number of years until it was broken down. If I was invited to a party, if I was invited to any event, dinner, what I was using that bag. <laughs> Gonna get the most value out of this that I can. I'm telling you, but I, I obviously, looking back, I did regret it within a few days, if not hours. Because, uh, oh, I could have you know and now i can't return this back but it's so beautiful uh but i think the biggest regret came it was uh like off whitish almost cream uh so you just get dirty quickly and over time you just can't you can't clean it it okay? is what it's it just, is it's just horrible uh so uh it was awesome because it is just you know, uh, it's such an awesome bag, but uh, I learned my lesson, never ever ever buying a designer bag. I, I own shares in Louis Vuitton, so those of you who are listening, I'm not saying don't buy expensive Louis Vuitton <laughs> bags, thank you. Yes, how about you? When I first started working, I didn't have uh, work clothes, so I used my credit card and went to shop at YDE back then when they had the hip and latest things. Yes. I literally spent like a, an insane insane amount of money can i tell you now like three years later i had to give away those clothes because they didn't fit anymore and there i was oh still paying gosh. the credit card that i used to spend to buy those clothes so never again that's the worst thing actually when you use a credit card and now you're paying it off and you can't even remember what you spent it on credit cards are evil um i i once was like okay i'm i'm, I'm on this new fitness path i signed up for i don't know if you guys have seen the the body sort of like workouts where they put those like electric things on your body and it like Okay, because now you're only working out 20 minutes a week. And I was like, I'm into this. It's my new life, new me. Signed up. I think it was 5,000 Rand, guys, that I had to pay up front. I went to one session and realized my back can't, my, my old bad back can't cope with this. I said to them, I'm sorry, I can't actually do this anymore. I need my money back. They're like, no, that's not how this works. So don't overcommit either, guys. Carly, 
<laughs> that's oh my DNA gosh. trading. So I signed up for that and I did use it, <laughs> but, but it works. It works if you're already uh, doing other types yeah, of no, exercise. I mean, the, the marketing is great. It spoke to me. It was like <laughs> 20 minutes a week. You are going to be like Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas in literally three weeks. I was like, yes, yes. this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Never have I ever overpaid for a product or service because I felt stupid asking for more information. My RA. <laughs> <laughs> did not ask questions i yes. just signed up because i heard less than six percent of south africans retire and i was like sign me up not knowing the fees involved i, I wish i'd asked what fees what products are you investing in i didn't ask i just signed up knowing that you know what my money will grow never again how about you pinky i can tell you one thing uh i have overpaid for service for my car previously uh not knowing because you know uh once and I'm driving a very old car now. My car is almost nine years old. Uh, so once you're out of maintenance and service plan, uh, I did renew my maintenance and service plan, right? At, after the three, the first three years was up. Um, but I didn't really ask a lot of questions. I, I, you know, it just came at a bad time. I needed this thing. Um, and as time went on, I realized that they didn't pay everything as per the initial maintenance and service plan that you get with the car. So you do pay a lot of out-of-pocket costs. Uh, so you've paid upfront because the one thing is, remember when you renew your, or when you buy a new service plan or maintenance plan, you pay the whole cost upfront. So that was quite expensive and unnecessary. Uh, and of course I've, I've learned, uh, I don't do that anymore. I just, as part of my normal budget, I save for the maintenance and yeah, service of my smart car. Yeah, smart How much you, <laughs> So I haven't overpaid for, in terms of like the service or the product, but I have signed up for a savings account before where I was too scared to really ask about like the whole interest rate thing. And when I went back to cash out my, my savings, I actually realized my money had only made like, I think it was like 50 rand over an oh, entire... No like two years i was very confused because in my head what i thought i was just like okay if you put your money in a savings account it should grow you know and i never really thought to ask like at what rate is it actually going to grow at so that was that was my mistake okay never have i ever handed the financial reins over to someone else has anyone completely entrusted someone else's financial decision making Everyone's very quiet. I think we might get some no's here. Um, Tando, you look a bit guilty. What's happening there? No, I, I do not trust human beings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's, there's anyone in this world that I would trust enough to really hand over all, all my finances. I'm a very big believer in, well, it's, it's my life. I'm the one who's going to care the most, so I might as well do it myself. So this one is a no for me. Everyone else as well. I can see everyone nodding, going, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, listen, there's too many scam artists. I, uh, at one point, was running a business and we had a tax practitioner that was paying our tax, or well, doing our books and doing our taxes every month. And I trusted them completely. Like, why wouldn't you? This is what we're paying you to do. Only to realize three years later, they hadn't submitted tax for three years. And we now had fines on all the outstanding tax returns. So we then, we're a tiny little business. We had to then go back. And, and that's just ignorance. That's not being involved in, in your finances and just trusting that someone's going to do what they say they're going to do. Okay. Never have I ever used my emergency fund money 
on spoils, like a holiday or a deposit on a car? I think this one is very embarrassing for me as someone who talks all about emergency funds all the time and how you should not touch them. But at the beginning when I was starting out like saving, because the emergency fund was like the first thing I actually started saving for, I dipped into it at some point. I think I was like out for dinner with friends and I wanted to get mm. dessert or something. And I was like, well, it's a little bit of money. What's what's the harm? But now looking back, I'm just like, wow, that, that could have really spiraled into something that like goes out of control and the next thing you don't have an emergency fund to even to even speak of. So yeah, <laughs> I have definitely done that in the past. At least it was a small lesson. It wasn't like you bought, you know, something crazy. Anyone else who's guilty of that? I've used my emergency fund. I had to use it last year. Um, unfortunately, my property stood empty for a year and I was servicing the bond and um, I had to draw on it when there was no uh, rental income coming from there. I had to make the decision to use it. So I have used my emergency fund. I think that constitutes as an emergency though. I don't think that's like you went and bought a pair of shoes. Like that that's what it's there for, right? It's there to protect you. I agree, Carly. That was a genuine emergency. <laughs> okay, last one is never have I ever been too intimidated to ask for a salary increase even when I know I deserve it. Preach! <laughs> I think the answer is obvious for many of us. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough one. And uh, again, it's those conversations that we don't have when we're younger. You know, nobody tells you uh, you are worth this, your qualification, your experience is this. And by the time that you've built up your I don't want to call it a portfolio of evidence, but in a way it is. You've built up your career, your your work ethic, you know, people in your industry, not just in your organization, you know, competitors, service providers. Once they know your work ethic and what you're worth, you're probably such a senior person um, that you don't have to fight as hard to prove to people and ask for the salary increase because you deserve it but it takes so long <laughs> to get there so definitely encourage people uh to speak to people in their industries uh i mean i know right now i'm in a stage in my career where this dif- this conversation is not difficult anymore but uh six eight years ago <laughs> very difficult so i really do encourage uh people who are in those in their industries to speak to the youngsters coming into their industries coming into their workplaces and advising them you know this is probably what the benchmark is because in south africa people talk about benchmarks but there isn't a proper standard or proper benchmark for different levels in different industries so it's a misconception and a comp- to say that there's this benchmark so we need to guide the young people uh, we need to tell them and i think for a long time we've had this thing of don't discuss your salary it's a secret that thing is nonsense because it, it, it perpetuates uh it, it perpetuates under what i call underemployment meaning that you are all on the same level but you may actually have additional uh, duties or responsibilities and be paid less and you won't know because you're told don't talk about your salary yeah and you know what i think what's very interesting to me is that men don't have that same point of view. I, well, that's my perception. Um, my perception is in talking to my male peers and, you know, people that I'm close with that are men, they have no scam in asking for a salary increase. They will demand a salary increase. If their role changes, they'll say, well, what am I getting paid for? Why would I do another job? 
if I'm not getting paid more for it, that doesn't make sense. Whereas per- from personal experience, I'm just like, oh, it's just such an honor that you would have even asked me to do this extra work because you obviously trust me and that means so much more to me. And that's that's BS is what that is. Um, we need to, as women, be standing up and having that conversation. And it's not a horrible conversation. It's a logical business conversation that every single woman needs to learn how to have. And like you said, Pinky, younger, please, girls, we need to be having these conversations. Tando, it looks like you're dying to jump in here. Um, I, I, I did agree with you, Kali, there when you say um, it's it's insane to even think um, what people were saying, like to, to even think that people can't talk about how much they earn. And I've been in that position where you are like, one day you start having, you start talking to your colleagues and you end up finding out what this one person ends. And you're like, what? You can earn that much for what we are both doing. We're doing the exact same job, but you're earning so much more than me. And for me, that like that actually happened to me in a job. And I was like, clearly I'm doing something wrong here. I'm not getting paid as much as you are, but we're doing the same job, the same output, the same productive levels. There's no real thing separating what you're bringing to the table compared to what I'm bringing to the table. So after I actually left that job, like my whole entire perspective completely changed. I'm very comfortable having conversations with people about like how much do, do you earn, especially in my field, because that gives you an idea of how much you can like ask for when you go to interviews, how much you can negotiate for, right? Because we are so quick to jump when you get, you know, when you get that job offer, maybe you've been even looking for a job for a long time and you get that job offer, you're so quick to just, you know, go and sign in the, on the dotted line so that you make sure that the job is yours. But I think it's really important to take a step back and evaluate that job offer. Talk to someone that's in that company if you if you know anyone and even better if they're in this position that you are being hired for so you can get a better understanding of how much they're actually offering and it's also very important to not only just like negotiate for the sake of negotiating but to do your research right so it goes back to the talking to your network getting an idea of what of what's happening and another thing i think people don't realize especially women is the fact that recruiters companies they actually expect us to negotiate like companies come in and they, they, they what they offer you the first time is never their final offer there's always room, they always make room for negotiation because they're a company, they want to get the best talent, right? And if they've gotten to a point where they feel like you will be able to do that job, they'll be open to negotiating in order to get you on board because at the end of the day, they've spent so much recruiting anyway, right? So it's really just making people understand the fact that it is still a job, you know, it's not a blessing to wake up every day and work for someone. You're going to work so that you can get paid at the end of the day and you should be getting paid fairly. Um, but it is a skill that you hone. I think once you do it like once or twice, you get more comfortable actually negotiating and explaining your value in a way that people can understand and appreciate. But yeah, negotiating has been a very big part for me. In my past two jobs, I have negotiated my salary and it's really crazy what yes. you can get when you actually ask for it. Um, so I, I definitely encourage having conversations about money and actually negotiating um, your salary. Yes, let's finish off with you. What are your thoughts? Ladies, by being paid less than our male counterparts, I think the research has shown, I think it was Momentum that I saw, said we are paid 30% less than our male counterparts. It impacts so many things. 
you your pension first of all you you your contribution towards your pension if you're getting paid less is affected uh, how much you can put away in retirement how much you can do uh, just generally you know to have a good quality of life so it's very important that you take that step and really negotiate your salary i've seen you know my male counterparts i speak to my friends a lot who are in the same industry and you know they job hop whereas we are more a bit more loyal and stick around and i literally one male colleague of mine came in left um he used to work somewhere he left he was a year within the um you know our company and he left and i asked him why and it was like because i was not getting paid what i wanted and it's up to me to negotiate that and i wish more of us did that um if you're not happy negotiate take it up uh, like Tando said, you, you're bringing a value to the company. What value are you adding to the team? Have that discussion. And if you feel you're not being heard, and it happened to me in my first job, you know, as a graduate, I didn't know much, but I worked my way up and realized I could add value. And I applied for a role within a senior role and it was blocked. I applied in another region and uh, I got the job and I heard the person speaking on the phone and funny enough it was another female saying why does she want so much when she's just been a graduate for four years and she's been working with us for four years and I realized then that you know I'm in charge of my career progression I'm in charge of how much I get paid and no one is going to do it for me it's my best interest to get my worth of what I'm worth and I eventually after six months I I left the company and I went somewhere else but that taught me that no one is responsible for my career no one is responsible for how much I earn only I can determine that and I must make sure I get the best value for myself and to ensure that I have a good quality of life because that's at, at the end of the day that's what it's about having that good quality of life and being able to do so much more with your money than you ordinarily would if you were not paid well absolutely guys what an amazing conversation we've had today i've loved spending some time with you amazing kick-ass woman um i think we need to do a little a little physical get together when we can i'd love to hang out with you some more um thank you es tando pinky and tejo this is how we do on the easy does it podcast your cool guide to investing thanks for joining us it's not always easy for women but we at Easy Equities will continue to do our part to help break those barriers. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcast.